Funny, today's daf is daf Tzadi, the last daf of the Masech, the Masech is Gittin. Um, today, um, we're going to go from the last thin line on page Tessamud Bays, 89b. The Gemara there was, we're in a little bit of the middle of the sugya, but basically the sugya started with Rabbi Hirmiya Bar Abba asking, um, Rabbi Hirmiya said, regarding a question that they sent from Rabbi Yeshivas to Shmuel, and they asked him if there is a call from the Rishon, and then someone else comes and does a proper Kiddushin, what's the Halacha? And then the Gemara carried on a bit later. Well, it brought a machloikes on whether this second Kiddushin counts for anything. Shmuel basically holds the second Kiddushin doesn't count for anything. Unlike Rafuna, who held that even though she's married, there's a rumor that she's married, the second Kiddushin does have a, have a strength to it, a validity to it. Again, not that she's now allowed to just leave her first husband and marry and live with the second, or that she's allowed to live with either, but there's Rabuna. And part of Shmuel's ru- uh, ruling, sorry, and this is the, what Al Gamora is going to go into, is Shmuel says, and clarify clearly what was her status. So the Gomorrah, and the Gomorrah explained, what does it mean, clarify clearly what was her status? He says, find out if the first Kiddushin was a proper Kiddushin. And if it was, then she would not need a get from the second. So again, she was there's a call that she's married to Ruvain. A while later, she accepts Kiddushin, and everyone knows that's a proper Kiddushin. We have Aiden that she accepted Kiddushin from Shimon. Shmuel says, okay, look, you better go. He said, in the meantime, she must get, he tells him what to do in the interim. He says, but try to clarify it clearly. So the says, What's, what does it help to clarify it clearly? No, so that if it turns out the first marriage was a good marriage, a real marriage, you don't have to get it. She doesn't need to get from the second husband. So on that, the Gemara asks, Yeah, that's very sure. So then the Gemara last line says, What would be that lock if they can't clarify it? So now she's married to two men. She's married by a cult to the first husband and by witnesses to the second husband. Um, so Omar Rebbe, can, yeah, so the, the question here is, can she marry or remain the first husband after a get from their second husband? And what's the problem? Is it looks like Masik Rushasa. She was married to Ruvain, then she was married to Shimon, she got a get from Shimon and she's going back to Ruvain, so that's a problem. So Amar Avuna, Magarish Rishon, Benoise Shani. Avuna says she can only, the only option is for her to get a get from the first husband, the first husband, and then she can marry the second one with pure confidence. Aval Magarish Shani, Benoise Rishon, she cannot divorce the second one and marry the first one. My time, what's the reason? I see the main Masik Rushasa. Min People come in and say, oh, look, if, they, if a couple have only done a rusin, and then they get divorced, and she goes and lives with another man, she can return to her husband, which we know is against halacha. So that is the first opinion. Rav Shinnah, the braid, Rav Idi, Omar, Rav Shinnah, the Rav Idi said, no, Ahmagari Shaini, but no, you say Rishon, she can even divorce the second one and marry the first one. Maybar Omar, why people will definitely say, or surely say, Ayonai Rabbonan bekidushai bekidushai tosu. The Rabbonan looked into the kidushin and it was a tos. I, they 
that people are aware that there's this little bit of a difficult situation because wasn't she married to Ruvain and now she then went and married Shimon and so, so they'll be aware they'll, they'll like think I must have been that the second one wasn't a real marriage so that's fine Yotzel will call me Zomi what happens if it's so the, the above discussion was where you had a call about the first husband and a proper edus, proper verification about the second husband what happens if both marriages are through a call so there's a Rumor, again, remember yesterday we said it's a rumor. Yeah, but remember we said it's a okay. rumor. Yeah. I translate it as a rumor, but as we saw yesterday, it has to be a lot more than just gossip. Yeah. It, has to be, uh, it has to be a likely event. People saw a party, people were speaking about it, etc. You've got age in that age. So, so it's not, uh, rumor is not the best translation, but that's a call. So if her marriage to Ruvain was based on a call, and her marriage to the second husband, Shimon, was based on a call. Mahu, what's the halacha? Says Omar, Papa says, so it's in this case, she can only divorce the first one and marry the second one. Obviously, you can get a divorce from both of them and marry a third, but if she wants to marry one of them, that's the only option. Amaybar Omar, Mutar Amaybar says, no, she's Mutar to both of them. He heals us a Mutar and halacha is that she is allowed to marry either of them. Not, not both of them. And not that and she need a get from the other one, but she can then marry the one she wants. Gets a get from the other one and marries the one she wants. Did you want to ask something? Okay. So let's go on to the last Mishnah of the Masechta. This is a Mishnah that almost you would have expected to be right at the beginning. This Mishnah is what are grounds for divorce? And uh, I guess part of the question is uh, I guess maybe uh, Maybe Rebbe was reluctant to discuss it, and therefore he, he discussed the halachas of a get, which are nice and technical and uh, theoretical, until you come to this Mishnah, which can turn it all practical. Just bear in mind, as you go through, there's basically three options with giving a divorce. You're not allowed to divorce her, for whatever reason. You are allowed to, but maybe it's not such a good thing. And the third option would be it's a mitzvah to divorce her. So you just keep that in mind as we go through it. So the Mishnah Beishamai, Omer Beishamai say, Lo yegarej odom esishto, elim kein motzobo dovor ervai. A man is not allowed to divorce his wife unless there is adultery. Shenemar, as it says, ki motzobo ervas dovor. He finds in her ervas dovor. That's the, the posuk regarding getting divorced. I'll read it because we're going to come, re, um, we're going to be analyzing it over the dots. It says, Ki kat ish isha uvala. A man takes a wife and he has beautiful. And he, she, she does not find favor in his eyes. Ki because he finds that she's committed adultery. Because of Los Sefe Christus, and he writes for her divorce document. Puts it in her hand and sends it in a um, and sends her on her way so that's the pasuk so he says it's he doesn't find favor in a reisham I hold it's because of adultery that's the only grounds for the, the only time you're allowed to divorce well I guess you can ask the question now is it that you're allowed to divorce her only time that it's a mitzvah to divorce her but almost that you have to divorce her is if there's adultery Shinemar as it says yeah, as we said even if she burns the food Shinemar says ki ervas dovor Beishila, read the pasuk, is if he finds in her ervas, adultery, or dovor, or any other reason. Okay, not, there has to be a reason, like she burns the food or something, but that would be pshat. Um, just two questions on where we're holding at the moment. The Prey Yeshua asks that according to Beishamai, 
the only reason someone's going to be divorcing their wife is because of adultery. Why is there a separate mitzvah that a Kohen can't marry a Grusha? He's not allowed to marry a woman who's committed adultery. So that's uh, so. Why do you ever need a pasuk telling us that a coin can't marry a grusha? He can anyway not marry this woman who was married to someone previously because she committed adultery. So then he goes into you know it's got to do maybe there's only adim in the one case. Maybe you need adim to prevent her to marry the kohen. Whereas if a husband just knows about his wife, then it's he has to divorce her, etc. But he but that's the question I want to ask. Um, you know a second question, a second interesting point. So. Rashi seems to get She burns the food all the time. She's not. She's not. A, she's she's messing up. Not just that he doesn't. Not the happiest anymore. But she's doing things that are affecting him. So then the Chassam Sofa makes a duke in the Rambam. Don't want to go through the Rambam now. The Rambam, the Parish Hamishnayos, and he says there that. Uh, he says, Hikdichotavshilo actually means that there's strife in the marriage. And he brings a case where it discusses also a student, Hikdichotavshilo of the Rebbe, that they're just not getting on anymore. So it's not about that the wife's doing something negative that makes him want to divorce. It's just they're, they're strife. They're not happy with each other. They're not compatible anymore. That would be the more contemporary word. Um, another question while we're on it. Um, I guess this is very similar to the Pnei Yoshua's question. But we have an Isur on Machzigrushasa. Again, you're not allowed to marry a woman that you divorced if she's been married in the interim. If the reason you divorced her, which according to Baishama is the only grounds for divorce, then um, then why uh, then he would never be allowed to marry her anyway because a woman who's committed adultery, the husband's not allowed to be with her. So um, so, you, so you're back where you started. Why do we need the pasuk? Okay, um, I was thinking there is a fairly simple answer to both of the above questions. Is maybe even if there's maybe he can't force a divorce, but what if they both agree? You can also ask, what happens if he did divorce her? And we can ask this, but he ever does he have to remarry her again? He didn't. There are times when, like we've seen, it's a mitzvah or point to base. He's allowed to divorce his wife if she's hikdichotavshilo burning his food, but um, that would be. Aloha. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, Afilu acheres no heimeno. Even if he finds another woman who's nicer than him, than her. Basically, just doesn't want, he, not even he doesn't like her, he prefers someone else. That's another woman he finds more attractive, or he says her, he, he says she's uh, better, she's nicer, better she's sweeter. She, huh? she knows how to cook. She's a better cook. She's a better cook. Just yeah, on a whim almost. Shinema, as it says, because he, he focuses on the first part of the Pasuk, if she doesn't find favor in his eyes. I, he, again, he's not, uh, again, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, just he prefers someone else. Um, so that would be Rabbi Akiva. Just a few points on this. Rabbi Yaakov and Pasha's Kitaitse. So here he says, um, Rabbi Yaakov, uh, Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov, he has a beautiful idea on this Mishnah, and basically he says this Mishnah is not grounds for divorce. What are grounds for divorce? This Mishnah is more telling us what leads up to divorce. Uh, if you see this sort of thing happening, that's going to lead to divorce. 
quite an interesting perspective, and he uses it as a musar opportunity. I mean, so again, it's levels of severity, but how you would explain Beis Hillel and Rabbi Akiva is that if he's starting to get aggravated and angry with his wife because she's burning food, that there's, there's something wrong in that marriage. You know, if he's walking around and he spots woman he prefers to his current wife, there's something wrong in that marriage. Not that that is he's uh, Yaakov's novelty. I, may, I don't know if he's explaining it literally or making a drosh on it. Again, it's not that those are grounds for divorce, but that's going to lead to divorce when the marriage is ended. So there's something wrong. There's something, yeah. It's, uh, the yeah, again, he's, he's bothered that his wife's burning food. He's looking at other women to try to find a new, you know, to see if he prefers them to his wife. He's comparing his wife to other people. Rabbi Yaakov says that uh, um, a couple should view his other as the most amazing people. That's, their, that's the goal. And uh, and the and yeah, and that would be why these are red flags. He's stopped viewing his wife as the most amazing person. Rabbi Yaakov does say, obviously, it's not an easy thing to do. You're taking marriages like Kriyas Yamsuf. You're taking two different people, and you want them to combine that they're on the same page. Uh, I guess uh, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, that they're united in their goals, and they've. Um, you know, living a life of harmony and togetherness, not a straightforward thing to do. And uh, but that's uh, that's one of our last uh, one of our last work. Um, you can, we can add to that the Rambam is when Yilfas Ishus Pere Tesvok Pere 15 towards the end he says. Uh, Says, a man should love his, should honor his wife more than himself, and love her like himself. He should spend as much as he can afford on his wife, you know, for her good. You know, don't don't give her the money. Do as much as you can. You can afford the domineering, give her domineering. You can afford gold, give her whatever you can do. You should be spending on your wives. Don't impose fear on her. Always speak nicely to her. Don't be uh, depressed and angry with her. So let me just finish the Rambam and come to you. It says, I don't know if commanded is the right word, but, but yeah, commanded that she must honor her husband, more than she can imagine. She should be, have respect or awe from him, and she should listen to him. She should view him as an officer or a king, as a minister or a king. Um, he says, but, but, but I mean, you can discuss the exact language he's using, but you can see he's putting it on both husbands to go out of their way for their wife and wives to go out of their way for their husband. And out of, not, not out of the way, I think that's the wrong word, to go beyond the basic. It's not a, it's not a business partnership. Yeah. You go beyond. You, a husband must spend as much as he can on his wife, be as nice as, as possible, honor her as much as possible. And so to the wife, must view her husband as a. King as a special, give him honor, be one to help him. Um, and this is the way of the Jewish women and the Jewish men who are holy and pure in their marriages. And these ways they will be settled and praised, and beautiful and praised. Um, just uh, it's quite amazing that's how he's speaking uh, probably in an age when it was almost women were probably more viewed as a kinyan as property 
then as a companion and he's bringing the flip side of how far out the ideal marriage again hopefully it should reach that but that's where he's standing yes what did you know if Hashem could create Yamsuf he could put two people so that's I mean that's the comparison and it, and it happens exactly like that. <laughs> So you you can tell us from uh, from a life long work, um, amazing. But it's because yeah, Hashem did this together. Yeah. Hashem, Hashem did Kriyas Yamsa put you together, and then you you got to make it work. Yeah. Okay. Tanya Omru. Tanya Omru Beisilal Beishama Beisilal said to Beishama, "If I look for Neymar Dover, doesn't the pasuk say Dover?" Again, how Beisilal are reading the pasuk? It says, "Im lotim zochein beinovich." He doesn't find in her eyes ki matzo ba ki matzo ba because he finds in her ervas Dover, adultery or anything, any other good reason. I'm going to call it a good reason. I don't know if that's the correct translation, but that's what we said. Hikdichotachil um, burning about. So it says Dover. Anything. I so how can you come along and say only for adultery? So Amalehem by Shamal, what can never know? Ervas. It says for adultery. So Amalehem by Silim Nemar. No, it says the reason is Im Nemar Ervas below Nemar Dover is you only Mishum Ervatate Mishum Dover Ache, Loitate, Lakach Nemar Dover. So if it only said Ervas, I would have said the only grounds for divorce is adultery. And if any other matter is not grounds for divorce, therefore it has to say Dover. There are other things that are grounds for divorce. The Ilu Nemar Dover, if it only said Dover, ah, you can get, to, which would be logic. Just tell us you can get divorced for any bad thing, and obviously adultery is the worst of the worst. So you can obviously. So he says, no. Ilu neemar dover velo neemar ervas. If only said dover and not ervas, hayisi oim mishum dover tinase laacher. If the reason, again, remember the the pasuk, um, not in this pasuk, but I think it's the following pasuk. Um, I don't have it. Uh, here, but it says, and she can go marry another man. So maybe if, if the Pasuk only said, Dovor, that's where she can go marry another man. But if she, she got divorced because of Erva, maybe she's not allowed to marry someone else. So, therefore, it also has to say Erva. So that's how they still learn Erva and Dovor are teaching us two separate points. So, Shamai. Hi, Dover, my Avdila. What did Beishamai do at Dover? According to them, so far, it's totally unnecessary. The whole passage is just discussing you can only get divorced because of, of adultery. So, Nehemiah can Dover, but Nehemiah Lahana Dover. Alpishnaim Edim, or Alpishloisha Edim, Yakum Dover. It says Dover, yeah, Ervas Dover. And it says Dover, ba, monetary cases. Based, you'll establish it based on two witnesses. Malahalam Bishnai Edim, Afkan Bishnai Edim. Just as over there, you can only divorce your wife based on two witnesses. So to here, you can only do, you can only make a man divorce his wife for adultery if they're two witnesses. You can't just come along and impose a husband to divorce because of a rumor or because there's only one witness. You can't impose, you can't force the husband to divorce. I come back to an interesting point on on that. Basil, say ervas Does it say erva with dovor? You make him get divorced because there's erva with dovor with witnesses. No, it says um, it's erva dov, erva dovor. By Shammai, mixiv or erva of dovor. By Shammai, say, well, you can't, still you can't learn them as separate because the pasuk doesn't say if he finds in her something he's not happy with, either adultery or some, or adultery or something else, either adultery or something else. That's why the pasuk writes it as erva dovor, which is a little bit ambiguous because, as you pointed out, it could be ervas and 
something else davar, or, or something else davar, or it could mean erva's davar, erva through witnesses, you then force them to get divorced. The mashbahachi or mashbahachi, it implies either way, and therefore you can make him get divorced. Now there's a chuva of the Norabi Yehuda, which is quite, uh, maybe coming up to Elul, this is a good uh, response to learn, it's Orachim Simon Lamed Hay, Norabi Yehuda, Mahudra Kama, the first uh, part one, and Orachim Lamed Hay, he says there, the question he was asked, a wild, wild question, there was this man who was staying in, uh, it seems, might have been the rabbi's house, but a, 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 a prestigious family's house, and he had adultery, committed adultery with a woman whose house he was staying at. The husband didn't know, the wife committed adultery, and he ended up a few years, a while later, marrying the daughter. So, I mean, retroactively, he had committed adultery with his mother-in-law. And now the question he comes to, uh, he asked the Norabi Huda, he wants to do tshuva. Does he have to let his now father-in-law know that he committed adultery because the father-in-law is supposed to separate from his wife. Okay, and then one second, and uh, so, so again, because as we've said, it sounds on the surface, you can only make a man, make a man divorce his wife if there's two aliens. Here there's no alien. It's just this guy, which actually sounds like he became a huge Talmud Chochom, and now he wants to do tshuva. Um, his word is that, you know, your wife committed adultery. So, I mean, he goes through a good few pages on it, analysing the question, um, which is interesting. Um, if I remember correctly, I think he comes out, he should tell the husband, but the husband can choose whether he wants to believe him or not. He doesn't have to tell him who he had adultery with, because that's irrelevant. That's, uh, I also found that quite interesting. Because it's not a mitzvah to publicise your sins, so you don't have to say, I had adultery with you. You can just say, I know your wife had committed adultery. Um, again, part of the concern was the, what it will do to the, the, the impact, the, the ramifications such a root, such a allegation would have on the family. You know, people start saying the children are mamzerim, etc. So, um, so, so that was part of the discussion comes into it. And then at the end, I mean, the second part of the question was, how do I do tshuva for it? And he starts, the Norabiuda says a very interesting line. He says, because he asked him, you know, how many fasts, and I struggle to fast, and I can't read my Torah well if I fast. Um, so the Rode discusses, it's very, very hard for me to answer this, because we don't find anywhere in Shas that it discusses doing fasts, fast for Chuv. He says that's found in the Musar's forum and others for him. You know, if you do this, if you do this, Avera, you fast this many times, and if you do this, Avera, you do that many fasts and that many afflictions. He says we don't find that in the Gomorrah, so, and the Poskim, so he doesn't know how to... Uh, He's very uncomfortable to have to make a call unless you can find the halacha in the Gemara and the Posse, which is quite important, I think, principle to have because we very often hear people bring in all these things that they want to use to influence people's life, but um, say, nah, halachically you've got to do this or that, and you've got to be very good. Where in the Gemara do you see it? Where in the Posse do you see such an idea? And the Nobu does go on to discuss it, but that's the uh, that's an interesting question, and as I said, um, Coming up to Elul, it's a discussion worth uh, thinking about that even for such a severe Avera, um, one can do tshuva. Um, okay, Rabbi Akiva, Omer Rabbi Akiva says, Afilu Rabbi Akiva said he can get divorced his wife even if he finds another wife, even if he just finds another woman that he'd rather marry. He says, Mamaiko Mifliki, what about Shaman Basil arguing on against Rabbi Akiva? 
So but the Reish Lakish, they're arguing based on what Reish Lakish teaches us. The Amar Reish Lakish, ki mashamish batalad l'shoinash. The word ki in the Chumash has four meanings. I dilma ela doha. If, perhaps, but, and because. Now, so how do you read the ki? Ki motso bo im lotin so chayin ve'enov. If he doesn't, she doesn't find favor in his eyes, ki ki he finds something um, either adultery according to Beishama or adultery or something else bad according to Beishilal. So Beishama is sovri. Rashi points out it's Beishama and Beishilal holds sovri. ki You read it as because. So let's read the pasuk. If he doesn't find favor in her eyes. Key because he found in her ervas dovor. So that's the grounds for the vote. Rabbi Akiva Sovor, no, key mots of ervas dovor. E. Nami mots of ervas dovor. It's if he finds ervas dovor. So now if you read the Possek according to Rabbi Akiva, how would you read it? If she does not find favor in her eyes, key if mots of ervas dovor. Or it's a, that key because it's a if after an if it's another option. So you can either divorce her because he didn't doesn't like her anymore, or because of these other justifications. So that's what they that's why they argue in one of grounds for divorce. According to Beis Hillel, it's about two thirds of the way down the first word. Again, according to Basila, what's that if he divorces her without good grounds for divorce, without the required grounds for divorce? Do we force him to take her back? Now, I was thinking, so, so here we're saying he, he had no reason or he just saw another girl that you know, I'd rather marry her, so he gives a get to his current wife. So is that, it seems, we seem to be taken for granted that it's a good get, we take it for granted that it is a good get, but we're... The question is, does he have to remarry her? If the Torah says you can only divorce her because of Evas Dovar, well then maybe it shouldn't even be a good get. But I am not sure about that. But even if, even in the case of uh, adultery, unless there's two witnesses that warns her before, she doesn't get the punishment for adultery, so then it can't be a pure, pure adulteress. No, if the husband knows he committed adultery, then it's adultery. Um, I guess previously on the last year, so I guess you could almost discuss how rumors, etc., how yeah. how clear does his knowledge have to be that she committed adultery. So since we um, Clara, since the Torah teaches us by someone who rapes a woman that he's not allowed to divorce her forever, any time he sends out, they would force him to take her back. As long as they're alive, whenever he divorces, he has to take her back. So, there the Torah is telling us specifically that she has to get divorced, but here what's done is done. To phrase this in a different way, if the halacha was that if a man divorces his wife without the grounds for divorce, he has to take her back, well then we don't need the special halacha by oines, by a man who rapes a woman, that if he divorces, he has to take her back. There, no, so there it's a special halacha, and here he shouldn't have divorced her, but if he does, he doesn't have to take her back. says to If he wants to divorce her, 
and she's living. So now this is a new point. Um, a man, a husband's living with this woman and he wants to divorce her and he's, but he's letting her serve him, etc. What's So is there any, is that alright? What, how do we view it? So the Gemara answers, no. Don't have a bad plan. Don't think badly against your friend and they living securely under you. Ah, he has, he wants to divorce his wife. He can't let her carry on living thinking that all's good. He's got to let her know. And Tanya, and Tanya, Hoyo Rebbe Meir, Omer Rebbe Meir used to say, Kashem Shahadas, Bamachal Kach, sorry, Kashem Shahadas, Bamachal Kach, Dels Benoshim. Just as we see people react differently to things that would ruin their food, so do people act differently, different levels of sensitivity to what make, would make their wife unpleasant to them. What we're referring to here is if it will, it, will, it will become apparent, but like some people, you know, they drop their food on the floor, they're happy to still eat it. Some people, no, you drop the food on the floor, not going near it. Some people see you, some people, we're going to discuss it, a, a fly landing in the food. Some people won't touch that dish again, and some people just remove the fly and carry on. So just as we see, people have a different sensitivity to, I guess, when food would be considered repulsive. So too, with women who are acting beyond the norm, what would a man consider? Where different people have, I guess, a different appetite, different levels of jealousy regarding their wife. There's a person who, if a fly lands in his cup of food, his drink, he'll throw it out, but he still won't drink it. This is the Midah Papus Ben Yehuda, he would always lock the door of his home before he left. Uh, before, he always locked his wife in the house before he left. Uh, he couldn't handle that tear of her even talking to someone else or even greeting someone else. So when he would leave, he'd lock her in, in the house. And actually, Rashi points out that's too extreme. It led to animosity. And he says his wife was Miriam Agadlanosh, a woman who used the hairdresser or used to tie or braid women's hair. And... Uh, because he was so strict with her that she was never ever allowed to speak to anyone or see anyone or do anything, she had led to animosity between them. And she ended up committing adultery. So that was so that's not a good mirror to be too particular. It says, There's the certain people who, if a fly lands on their food, they take the fly. They throw it out and then they'll drink it. So uh, then they'll drink it. Vezui midas kolodom shem adavaris mochel vekrovel minicha. And this is the normal way that people let their wife be friendly with her family and his family, and they and they leave it. So that seems to be the middle path that is correct. I again, interestingly, they say it's speaking with her brothers and her relatives. It's not discussing her, I guess, flirting with other men. That's uh, that's 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 on her side going too far. There's another level of people who, you know, they see a fly land in their food, it disappears, they can't see it anymore, so they just eat it. And he says, yeah, that's uh, that's a bad person. That's someone who sees his wife go out with her hair uncovered. She spins in the marketplace. Oh, from she's wearing uh, immodest clothes. Seems, uh, as she says, the it, um, he says like we find that uh, um, um, there's a split open along their clothes by their elbows, um, which we find women in. Uh, yeah, so, so they have spl- uh, slits in their clothes by their 
by where their elbows would be, um, so, on the, so revealing flesh along the side of the woman. Imagine maybe I think some people have translated it into any slits in their dresses. Um, but again, so she's dressing uh, inappropriately and unsneer, um, in very, she's, she's dressing promiscuously. Barachet says, in B'nai Adam, she goes and she bars with men at the same time. Kamara says, wait, in B'nai Adam, could you ever have that minute that this husband would remain with his wife or that it's, is it even conceivable that this woman's bathing in the same, with, at the same time as men? She goes and baths in the same place where the men bath. I, what's, how, how are they? One explanation is that it seems to have hours in the bathhouse and she goes, when the men are finished bathing, but they're like still in the change rooms and stuff, she walks through and goes to bath. So a very, uh, very suspicious uh, Behavior again. If you notice, none of these examples were that there was actual adultery, but th- she's acting in such a way that it's very suspicious, and that's what I was saying. That's this uh, Autumn Raw who's prepared to live with her even though she behaves in such a way, and that's why it comes along and says, This woman, it's a mitzvah to divorce her. When you find some, you should send her from a house and she should go marry someone else. If you notice, the person doesn't say, and she goes to a second husband, it says she goes to another man. What's it telling you? This man's not in the same league um, not on the same level as the first one. This man divorced this woman for her evil behavior, her extremely lewd behavior, and the second husband's marrying her. So you see, they're not on the same level. I mean, I guess his, his, his morals aren't, he's not as morally sensitive to these things. If the second one merits it, he will also end up divorcing her. Shinemar is a positive says, but the last man will come to hate her. The second husband will come to hate her. If not, she will cause his death. Shinemar says, or if the second man dies. Okay, those are other psalms, but we see they're alluding to this concept that this woman should, her husband should not have married a woman who got divorced because of her promiscuous uh, behavior. This is deserving of death because it takes the Rosha out of his house because the other one uh, sent the Rosha out of his house and he then goes and marries her. I was wondering if, uh, and I would probably say it's okay if there's uh, good grounds to say she's done tshuva. But otherwise, such a woman who got to, her husband's divorced her, because, who, and there was a mitzvah on him to divorce her because of how promiscuous her behavior was, that sort of, you should definitely not marry her. Um, last point, last sugi of the Masech that says, Ki sonei shalach. The one you hate, you should send out. So Rabbi Huda, I marry him, sonei so shalach. If you hate your wife, you should divorce her. Rabbi Yochanan, Omar Saneh HaMashalach, Rabbi Yochanan translates it differently. He says, no, Hashem hates the one who divorces his wife. Again, obviously this is not where the cases we've discussed, where it's a mitzvah to divorce her. As I said at the beginning of the, when we started the Mishnah, there's different levels and you have to try to see which ones apply when. Is it a hostel to divorce her? Is it a mitzvah to divorce her? And is it, are there times when you're allowed to divorce? I mean, it seems like definitely the cases Beit Shammai discusses, as we've just seen, a woman who's promiscuous, is a mitzvah to divorce her. On the other extreme, a good woman, as we're going to see, it's also, it's close to also to divorce her. Hashem hates the one who sends out his wife. And then I guess Beis Hillel, the middle ground, um, 
there's, there's grounds to divorce her, but not really anything significant. I was wondering, is that it's okay to divorce her? Hashem's not going to hate you? Or is Hashem still going to hate you? Um, or is that also, according to Beis Hillel, in such a scenario, that's a mitzvah to divorce her? I'm not sure where Beis Hillel fits in. So it's Veloi Pligi. And actually, Rabbi Huda and, and Rabbi Yochanan aren't argue. Hi, Bazug Rishon, hi, Bazug Shani. This is with his first wife, and this is with his second wife. I'm not sure why that should really make such a difference. But either way, if he divorces his first wife without not where it's a mitzvah to divorce her, then Hashem will hate him. But if it's a second wife, he won't, he won't, um, that's, uh, if he hates his second wife, he should divorce her. A person who divorces his wife, even the Mizbeach cries for him. As the post says, This additional bad thing you've done is you've caused the Mizbeach to become covered in tears through crying and groaning. It no longer <coughs> turns, either Mizbeach no longer wants to accept your Mincha offerings. Accept anything willfully from your hands. You might say, oh, what's this for? So, because Hashem will testify between you and your the wife of your youth, which Hashem, which you rebelled against, she was your friend and your the wife of your covenant, and that woman, and now you've gone and divorced her. The Mizbah cries. What's the connection between the Mizbah and divorce? The Mizbah cries when a couple gets divorced. So maybe it's to do with remember the first the metaphorically the first kiddushin is between. B'nai Israel and Hashem. And the Mizbah strengthens that bond because whenever B'nai Israel stray or there's a little bit of a rocky relationship there, you go and you bring Korbanos and you repair the relationship and you prove it, you improve it and strengthen it. So the Mizbah, and obviously we know our, the, uh, our marriages stem from that. We see Hashem also, the famous uh, idea, Hashem puts the, his name between Ish Isha. So Hashem's presence is there, and when it parts, it tears, it splits him as well, in a way. Um, the unity of a husband and wife represent, in a way, Hashem's unity. And as soon as they, uh, and that's the connection to the Mizbah, is mourning this, uh, this breakdown in, I guess, unity between B'nai Shal and B'nai Shal, and B'nai Shal and Hashem. Hadron um, Magoresh Vesikalom Masechis Gitin. Masel Tov.